We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody happy monday welcome into the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl appreciate you joining me today Today, I'm going to be going over two more prospects that could very much be in play for Green Bay in this draft, both Nolan Smith and Lucas Van Ness. We'll go over the deep dives in just a moment. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out the scouting series that I've been doing, make sure to check out all of them. I've put together a playlist, the 2023 draft prospect breakdown playlist, whatever you want to call it. So far, I've done Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Paris Johnson Jr., Jalen Hyatt, and now obviously Nolan Smith and Lucas Van so if you haven't been checking them out, make sure to go back and check those. Super, super fun going through these prospects and especially fun knowing that Green Bay is going to be taking a top tier player in the top 15 of the draft. So uh, again, appreciate you joining me for these. Again, we're going to be going over two top tier edge rushers today. Before we do so, I think it's apropos to sort of talk about Green Bay's edge rusher position. Will they really be in the market for an edge rusher? I think that the answer is absolutely yes. And you might say, you know, look at the, the edge rusher position. They've got Rashawn Gary, they got Preston Smith, they got Kingsley and Igbari, they got Justin Hollins back. Like, what more do you want? You're going to add another edge rusher. You're going to spend another first round pick on a defensive player and probably still have them go out and be 25th in the league. I hear you. I feel you. But the answer is probably yes. And the reason being is for a multitude of reasons. First of all, Rashawn Gary coming off a torn ACL. Now he is still planning to be a, or, you know, you're planning on him being a massive part of your defense moving forward. He is likely going to get a long-term extension, but that does mean for this year, we don't know how long it's going to take for him to get back and playing. First of all, we don't know how long it's going to get, you know, take for him to get back and playing anywhere near like Rashawn Gary. And ACLs are always a little bit scary, 
Packer fans should know that better than anyone. But we sort of saw the blueprint, you know, blueprint with Elton Jenkins a season ago. It probably took what about a month for him to sort of return to action, and then probably took about another month, maybe a little bit longer, for him to start looking like Elton Jenkins again. So with Rashawn, you know, you don't want to you know, basically bring him back and start having him play, you know, 60, 70 snaps right away. This is going to be a season where he probably misses a little bit of time. Then you probably ease him back in. It probably takes him some time to start looking and feeling like Rashawn Gary again. And, you know, before you know it, you're, you got three, four weeks left in the season and hopefully you're starting to see those spikes and Rashawn looks like Rashawn hundred percent again, uh, but that can take some time. And we could even be looking at 2024 before we really see Rashawn, you know, gain a hundred percent of where he was prior to the the actual ACL injury. So that's Rashawn. Preston, I know I've said this for about the last three seasons, so take it with some grain of salt. I do expect this to be Preston's last season in Green Bay. I think it's more likely that they find uh, basically an exit point in next offseason. But as of right now, even if he's on the team, he's still a little bit more towards the decline. I don't think we're seeing peak Preston Smith anymore. He's still a very nice player, certainly helps you win football games, but you're looking for that next guy. We've certainly reached the phase where it's time to start looking towards the future and Preston Smith is not going to be that guy in 2024, 2025, 2026, etc. So even if he's back next year again, you're still ultimately looking, you're starting to look for his replacement now so that you have him and you know he can sort of be a mentor towards this player, etc., etc. But you're not counting on Preston Smith for the long term. Meanwhile, you've got Kingsley and Igbari, really nice player, super excited about Inigbari. I'm very hopeful of the proverbial second year jump from him. I think if he just puts on a little bit of functional strength, what he could do as a edge defender will go up exponentially. He has the moveset. He has so many different things that he can do as a pass rusher that so many edge rushers, including the two guys we're going to talk about today, don't have in their repertoire. He's just, he, he's more nuanced in his moveset in what he can do to a offensive lineman than most young defenders are at his his age. So I'm so excited about that, but he really struggles to hold up at the point of attack and just putting on some functional strength could potentially add a bull rush to his repertoire. And it just is going to make him a more well-rounded player. But as we've seen, there's no guarantee that that second year jump actually takes place. In fact, if you're looking at Packer over Packer over Packer over the last three, four years, that development, that second, third year jump has not come for very many players. And it's more likely that he just is who he is, which is a nice rotational edge piece who can give you a handful of sacks on a season as a, you know, supplemental edge rusher. And that's fine. There's value in that. But as much as you'd like to see him take a big step, it's there's no guarantee to that. And then Justin Hollins is just a, you know, without being a jerk about it, he's just kind of a guy at this point, right? I think he showed some upside, some legitimate upside. I think he can be a rotational player for you. And if you get anything more than that, great. But you want to continue to have competition for guys like that, that is either going to push them or is going to push the players on your roster. Either way, you love the depth signing for Justin Hollins, but that's all it is at this point. So there's absolutely room there you know, for somebody to come in, whether it's a Nolan Smith or a Lucas Van Ness, to be in the conversation to start right now, if Gary's not ready to start the season, even if Gary is, and it's Gary and Smith, now you've got two guys in a top tier edge rusher who you're building towards the future, along with Kingsley and Igbari as your rotational pieces behind Preston and Gary. And now you've got Gary and probably no Preston, but you're in probably no Hollins next year, but you've got Gary and might maybe either Van Ness or, um, 
you know, Nolan Smith and, you know, then you've got Enigbari as your three, like that's a really good rotation for the foreseeable future. So I absolutely think that edge rusher is in play here for Green Bay. Now, because I am going over two players today, I'm probably going to do this just a little bit speedier than maybe uh, my days where I'm doing just one prospect, which are already taking around 30 minutes. So, so nobody's here for a full hour. I'm going to go through these a little bit more lightning round than normal, but let's kick things off with Nolan Smith, 6'2". 238-pound edge rusher out of the University of Georgia. He is a senior. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention, but Green Bay likes drafting first-round players out of the University of Georgia. They've had three first-round picks in the last two years, all three of them from the University of Georgia. So this could be another player in play from the same college on the same side of the field. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Eric Stokes. Could Nolan Smith be the next one of the group? We shall see. He turned 22 in January, so he will be 22 for the entirety of the season. I guess if they are in deep in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, he could be 23 at some point, but uh, he will be 22 for the majority of the year at best, or at worst, I should say. Uh, RAS, he had a 9.25 RAS score RAS. Um, he did not complete the agility testing, however, or the bench press. So it's a 9.25, but it is incomplete. That said, the strength we'll talk about in just a moment, but his agility is fantastic. So you would think that that would be something that would test out incredibly well as well. However, he was only in the 23rd percentile for height and the first percentile for weight. 6'2", 238. True story. As I'm going through and I start watching all 22 tape on these players, I throw on the Georgia tape. And before you, before I do so, before I ever throw on the tape, I double check and I'm like, all right, just want to make sure I know what player I'm watching. So, all right, Nolan Smith, number four. So I go and I turn on the tape and I see Nolan Smith, number four, kind of lined up in sort of like that slot slash edge position. I'm like, oh, I must've got something wrong. That's, that's a safety. And then I'm like going back and it's like Nolan Smith, number four. Okay. Okay. Sometimes they've got two number fours. Maybe, maybe something's, and I look at it again. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like, that's a safety, right? And I'm what, and then of course you watch him more and more and like, he's clearly Nolan Smith, number four. He's an edge rusher, man. You could swear that he was, a, he looks like Charles Woodson did when he was sort of playing that hybrid slot corner slash, you know, slash edge rusher position when he was in green Bay, Jalen Ramsey kind of looked like Jalen Ramsey. I looked up Jalen Ramsey just to compare Nolan Smith and Jalen Ramsey, their speed, their, um, uh, their broad jump, their uh, like the the vertical, etc., were almost identical. In fact, Smith was faster, and Smith was one inch taller and twenty nine pounds heavier than Jalen Ramsey. It was it's other than that, it was like identical. It was crazy their spider charts and what they look like, and you it looks like it's an edge or a corner playing in that spot. That's how you know minuscule he is at the position. One the first percentile for weight at the position. Now, the good news was in the 99th percentile for his vertical, 98th percentile for his broad jump, the 99.9th percentile for his 40-yard dash at the position, a 4.3840. Yeah, and let's just stop and think about that for a second. A 4.3840 as an edge rusher. Go back and watch my Jalen Hyatt episode and go back and how I talked about Jalen Hyatt's incredible speed and his ability just to take the top off of defenses and like corners just getting like completely befuddled by Jalen Hyatt's speed and not knowing what to do about it. Nolan Smith tested faster in the 40 than Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt was a 4-4 flat. 
Nolan Smith was a 4-3-8. Just absurd. And his 1.47 10-yard split, according to Kent Lee Platty on his entire edge rusher database, was the best that he's ever had at the edge rusher position. And that shows up on tape, which we'll discuss more in just a moment. As far as official stats, they have him down for 11.5 sacks in four seasons. PFF credits him with 17 sacks over four seasons. So somewhere in that realm, sacks are sometimes subjective, subjective half sacks, all those sort of things. But PFF credits him with 17. Again, official stats have him down for 11.5. He has 621 pass rush snaps in his career, again, per PFF with 84 pressures, which is really, really good. Three forced fumbles and one interception. In 2019, PFF gave him a 69.6 grade in 287 snaps. In 2020, a 68.2 grade in 180 snaps. 2021, an 85.0 grade in 499 snaps. And in 2022, a 83.8 grade on 188 snaps. Only played 188 snaps this past year, partially due to some injury issues that he had this past season. As far as positives go, he has speed for day. And speed for days, I should say, not just one day. Uh, Hassan Reddick is going to make a couple players in this draft, I think, go much higher than maybe they would have in, in previous drafts because people saw what Hassan did this past year and the year before that and the year before that, and that you can utilize these speed rushers in a variety of different ways. Now, Reddick is a unique breed. Not all players with Reddick's size and speed pay off. In fact, a lot of them don't, but you see a lot of Hassan Reddick in Nolan Smith. And that speed that we talked about, that explosiveness, the vert and the broad jump, that shows that quick first step, that 10-yard split shows that quick first step. It is a ridiculous burst off the line of scrimmage. And we talk all the time about the edge rusher position and the offensive tackle position. You want to be the first to make contact. You want to get first off the line. You want to have that advantage to strike first, get your hands on, you know, wherever you want to get your hands. Like that has a huge advantage in the NFL. And Nolan Smith is an absolute freak at getting off the line of scrimmage, bursting, and then using that speed to his advantage. So it is a legitimate superpower. And again, in that 10-yard split, showing off that explosiveness off the line, the best that Kent Lee Platty has in his RAS system for the edge rusher position. And as that speed translates, I think it's worth talking about here, like what that would bring to the table for Green Bay. I love the change of pace. You've got Rashawn Gary speed to power, you know, and, and really bull rushing players into the quarterback when he's at his best. Preston Smith, a little bit more of a, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd necessarily call him a power player, but he's more of a technician at the position using a variety of different moves, you know, kind of converts speed to power at times. He does a variety of different things, but he's certainly not a speed rusher. Nobody's going to confuse him for a bendy speed rusher off the edge. Enigbari has a little bit of speed, but I wouldn't, again, I'd put him more as like a technical rusher than more than just a speed rusher. But having a, a change of pace with Nolan Smith, somebody that can just burst off the line and get there. I talked about this before, but imagine you're going Rashawn Gary and it's power, 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 and you sort of get into a rhythm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got a new guy in front of me. And Nolan Smith just right off the line of scrimmage and is just like it shot out of a cannon. It's a change of pace. It's no different than your thunder and lightning at running back where you're used to this bruising back, bruising back, bruising back. And all of a sudden you get your speed back in and it's just like, oh, like I have to readjust. I have to sort of, you know, recalibrate. It's kind of the same thing at that edge rusher position. And that speed would translate very, very well and has translated very, very well onto the field as he was at the University of Georgia. 
He's a phenomenal athlete. Not only does he show off that speed, but it's the first step quickness. It's his agility. And I think his flexibility is actually really good as well. He shows all three of those things on tape in spades. His change of direction is fantastic, which leads me to believe had he done the agility testing at either his pro day or at the combine, he would have tested extremely well with his change of direction. He plays with a ton of energy. He is a little ball of just speed, and, and energy. And like, he, it just seems like he's coming at you from a million different angles. He doesn't give up on plays. He closes the back door on those stretch run plays and chases things down from behind. He's just a blur. And like I said, full of really fun energy, which I think we would all agree Green Bay could use somebody like that on their defensive side. And then as far as his size goes, he's a diminutive player, right? He's not going to be, you know, this big bulking physical presence, he holds up really, really well at the point of attack for his size. He utilizes leverage really well. He plays much more physical than what you would expect given his size you know, limit, you know, limitations. And he is a do your job sort of player. Like you ask him to set the edge, he's going to find a way to set the edge. You want him to get to the quarterback, he's going to find a way to the quarterback. So there is a ton to like about his game. Now, from a negative side, there are definitely a few things that he needs to work on. A, and I think the first thing here is you're going to have to have a plan for him. Just like Philadelphia has had a plan for Hassan Reddick, we're seeing defensive coordinators get more and more creative, find ways to get rushers in space. And if you can do that with Nolan Smith with his speed, look the heck out. If you can get him on a running back, like you're going to have to scheme him up a little bit, I think more than maybe most edge rushers, but I think there's a lot of ways to utilize him. And I think he's a very fun ingredient that Green Bay doesn't have on their roster right now. He's not going to be that, I just mentioned that he can set the edge for his size. He's still not a that physical intimidating presence. And just his overall lack of weight is going to limit what he can do anchoring on a play. He's so impressive with his leverage that you, you want to sort of give him a pass. But at some point, like if you're going to line up Nolan Smith against Trent Williams, you're, you're going to be in for a very long day. So you're, there's just some limitations as to what he's going to be able to do holding up in the NFL at the point of attack as an edge setter. He struggles with length and size, which is normal for speed rushers. He has a lack of high-end production and productivity in college. The sack numbers, the force fumbles, the interceptions, just like those impact plays wasn't really enough for a you know four-year player at the University of Georgia. Now, Georgia has been blessed with insane defenders, so they rotate a lot. He's been injured a little bit, but you would have liked to have seen a little bit more production on the official stats. He never had more than three and a half sacks in a given season. So you, you know, if, if you're going to draft a pure speed edge rusher off the edge uh, that's going to add to your defense, you're hoping that he had like a 12-14 sack season, and he basically had that in his career. Not a ton of pass rush moves. Um, he's going to need to win with speed to begin with. He doesn't really vary things up, and that's an issue. And we'll talk about his his floor player in just a moment, but there's a little Vic Beasley there where Beasley was a speed rusher off the end. He didn't really counter it with anything. He had was sort of a one-trick pony, and he just never was able to accomplish much in the NFL because he wasn't a good run defender and he didn't have anything to vary up his speed. It's great that you have an incredible burst off the line of scrimmage, but if you don't have something else to go with it, you become very one-dimensional and, and offensive tackles are going to catch on to you really, really quick in the NFL. Uh, you know, Once offensive tackles latch onto him, hands are on him, he's going to really struggle. He wants to win in space. He wants to make it so that you can't get his hands on him. And if he can do that, he's going to succeed. But if offensive tackles get their hands on him, get inside, he really struggles to disengage, get off a block and go make a play. 
And then you do wonder too, with his size, how is he going to hold up in the NFL? He's already missed some time at Georgia due to injury. Is that going to be something that plagues him in his career as well? As far as scheme fit, he's not an ideal fit for a 3-4. Now, it's possible that maybe they, again, just want a different ingredient on defense. But if they're, you know, you look at the Preston Smith, the Rashawn Gary, the Zedarius Smith, that's sort of your blueprint for the edge position. These more big physical players that can set the edge, that can still get to the passer, that can collapse the pocket, that can maybe play inside a little bit. Those are the type of players that Green Bay has tended to look at. Nolan Smith does not fit that at all. I do think he could be a really interesting fit in like a 3-3-5. Imagine you put like TJ Slayton at notes tackle to clog up that middle. And then you put like Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary on the line, almost as like down lineman in a 3-3-5. And then you've got Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker and Nolan Smith as your three off-ball linebackers. What it really is, you know, kind of allows you to do is you could bring Quay off the edge on, you know, one edge as an edge rusher. You could bring Nolan off the edge as another edge rusher. And it really makes defenses going to have to, you know, sort of guess, are they just bringing the three there up front? Are they going to bring four? And if so, is it going to be Nolan off this side? Is it going to be Quay off the other side? Um, or do they bring five and do they bring both off the edge with Gary Clark and Slayton rushing from the middle? There's probably some things you could do there. You could even put Kenny inside with Devontae Wyatt. Now you got another pass rusher on the inside along with Gary along with Quay and Nolan Smith on the outside. So I'm not sure Green Bay wants to play a ton of 3-3-5, but he would be a very interesting fit in that regards. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His ceiling is uh, Hassan Reddick. His floor is a Vic Beasley. And the comp I have is Hassan Reddick. I do think there is some really high-end potential here. And I do think he has the ability to achieve that type of you know, just pass rush skill and prowess and impact in the NFL. It's going to take a, a little bit of time to get there, just as it did Hassan. But I do think they are very, very similar players. And I do think he can reach that type of impact. What he brings to Green Bay is a change of pace and intensity and some energy and some speed, which you're never going to turn down on defense. 
would he be in play at pick 15? I think the answer is yes, but probably not for Green Bay. I do think that they probably go in a different direction than a speed rusher that has not been their usual cup of tea. They usually want that more physical player off the edge. Is it impossible? No. We know they love Georgia players. We know they could use an edge rusher. We know he has top 15 value, or at least in that probably what, 12 to 18, 12 to 20 range. So like none of it's impossible, but I do think he doesn't necessarily fit their usual high-end cup of tea. They usually want a little bit more size, bulk, and strength on the edge than what Nolan Smith has to offer. And that brings us to Lucas Van Ness. 6'5", 272. Doesn't that sound a little bit more like Green Bay's type? It really, really does. And yes, it is very much more like Green Bay's type. 6'5", 272 pound edge slash outside linebacker, only a redshirt sophomore out of Iowa turns 22 in July, so 21 right now, but will be 22 during training camp, a 9.39 RAS score, and he did all the testing. 88th percentile in height, 76th percentile in weight, only the 21st percentile in the bench press. He can still add some functional strength. That's okay. He's still young enough. No worries there. 42nd percentile in the vertical, 77th percentile in the broad jump, 97th percentile in the 40-yard dash with a 4.58. Let that sink in for a second. Lucas Van Ness with a 4.58 was in the 97th percentile of edge rushers. Nolan Smith was a 4.3, you know, four was 4.38, 40. Like just again, let that sink in for a second. 83rd percentile in the short shuttle and 90th percentile in the three cone. Now, the big thing here for Van Ness is to be in the 77th broad jump, the 97th 40, the 83rd short shuttle, and the 90th percentile at three cone for edge rushers, but doing it at his size and his weight, you know, the 6'5", 270 area, that means so much more. So while Nolan Smith might have tested a little bit better in those scores, the fact that Van Ness did it at his size is what tells you how special of an athlete and a prospect that he really is. Official stats have him down for 13.5 sacks in two seasons. PFF credits him with 13 sacks in two seasons, so weigh it out, whatever, not really a difference there. He had 558 pass rush snaps per PFF with 74 pressures, so that's good. No forced fumbles, no interceptions. Once again, you'd like to maybe see a little bit more impact here and there, but uh, I think overall the 558 pass rush snaps with 74 pressures gives you a good idea for how impactful he can be as a rusher. In 2021, they had a 70.1 grade on him on 462 snaps. In 2022, they had an 80.2 grade on him in 478 snaps. As far as positives go, he has every trait that you are looking for to be an extremely productive edge rusher in the NFL. The expectation is that he ends up being a better NFL player than he was even in college. He didn't even start in college, which is absolutely crazy. And again, still a redshirt sophomore. Iowa rotates their guys. I think he was still sort of coming into his own a little bit. He should have been a starter, neither here nor there. You're not worried about that, but he has a ton of opportunity for growth. And even we talked about that bench press, right? This is a player that has like in the crazy thing is is even with that lower bench press like he was a bull rush player at college like he gets his hands inside and pushes you backwards utilizes leverage and just kind of again pushes people back into the pocket and he doesn't even have the high end strength yet with the bench press he is going to put on functional strength he is going to become potentially even a better athlete and that is a scary thing to think about 
He shows both speed and power off the edge, which is exactly what you're looking for. He also plays with great energy and intensity. And if you want to know his demeanor, he was a former hockey player. And that's sort of the way that he plays in the NFL is with that hockey player sort of mentality. He closes off angles on backside runs. So if you're going stretched the other way and you're running away from Lucas Van Ness and you don't want to block him, good luck because he's going to chase you down and shut down any cutback angles if you're running a stretch zone play. He's eventually going to have the versatility to play inside as well. Right now, he's more of an outside only player. More on that in just a moment. And then we talked about it a little bit already, but at 6'5", 272, to have all those insane athletic traits, it just goes to show you what type of athlete he is and what type of edge rusher he can ultimately become. Now, as far as the negatives go, he did work inside on the defensive line at Iowa. He got washed out of the play far too easily, and he's going to have to put on that functional strength before you're going to trust him on the inside. Right now, he's probably a edge-only player. You can maybe try a couple plays, especially on passing downs inside, but I think you know I think he's going to struggle a lot more, and I think you'd be better off having him try to master the edge rusher position than trying to kick him inside too much. He will struggle with both length and size. So this is very common. We talked about it with Nolan Smith as well. But, uh, you know, these younger players, they get engaged with these bigger offensive linemen and the bigger offensive linemen are just going to have the advantage right now. And I think as he starts going up against these NFL or NFL offensive tackles, he's going to just have to learn how to disengage better. He's going to have to put on that functional strength. He's going to have to develop a better move set. Those are all things that come with the territory, but you get him against bigger offensive linemen, even though he has the size, the strength, the speed, the agility, Um, It's something that he still needs to continue to work on. He ends up on the ground far too often. A lot of the times that's when he's on the interior, not on the outside, but you'd like to see him keep his balance and stay on his feet a little bit more. He needs to develop a better move set, kind of a speed to to power guy. We'll bull rush. Um, We'll utilize his hands from time to time. There's some inconsistencies there. When he uses his hands, you can see some really good stuff, but again, it's fairly inconsistent. Uh, disengaging from blocks is definitely an issue. He's going to take some time to max out his body and refine his game. This is more of a draft and develop player. This is somebody that you're bringing in and you think is going to be really, really good in 2024, 2025, probably not bringing him in to be you know, at his peak in 2023, not any stretch of the imagination. This is a redshirt sophomore that didn't even start at Iowa. And I think that the biggest negative here is that he was just very inconsistent and he always just left you wanting a little bit more. And I don't know if that's why Iowa never started him is they were trying to motivate him and say, hey, you want to start, you got to get to this level because he has so much freaking potential. Like it's just oozing out of him and you just, you just kind of were left wanting just a little bit more from him. Like you never were satisfied and just because you know how good he can be. I do think he, like I said, I do think he's a potential play and I do think he pays off that potential in the NFL, but in two years of college with all that potential, you just were left wanting a little bit more. From a scheme fit standpoint, he's an ideal 3-4 scheme fit in Green Bay. He fits exactly what they look for and he fits their timeline, right? They're not necessarily going all in this year, maybe even next year. If he takes a couple years to develop, that's okay because that's probably when Green Bay's next window is opening is two, three years down the road from now. So he fits the timeline well, and this is just your classic Green Bay Packers pick, somebody that you can draft, that you can develop, who isn't there, you know, like didn't even start at Iowa, but has, you know, has every single athletic threshold that they're looking for. This is a Green Bay play through and through. As far as the ceiling, 
I think there's some potential Jared Allen like that. Like he probably doesn't reach Jared Allen, but like a high end like player like this probably reaches a Jared Allen ceiling. Like that's how good I think he can ultimately be. I don't think he probably reaches that. It's probably not realistic, but that's probably the ceiling. The floor is probably more of a Kyler Fackrell, if we're being real. Like you're, yeah, you know, this is the, this is the beauty of the draft, right? You know, you pick this guy at pick fifteen, you might get Jared Allen, you might get Kyler Fackrell. Good luck, you know, see what happens. I guess the, the ultimate lottery ticket these players are. A comp I think is realistic is Trey Hendrickson. You know, somewhere in the middle there, and I think Trey Hendrickson is a very good comp. He's a very good player, and I think that would add to you know any team in the NFL would love a Trey Hendrickson on their roster. So I think that is a very good comp. If you look at his athletic scores and like um, Kentley Platty with his RAS scores, will give you like who is most similar based on athletic score at the position. These were the five that were most similar to Lucas Van Ness. Ezekiel Ansa, the former Detroit Lion, Jared Allen, Trey Hendrickson, Preston Smith, and Trayvon Walker. That is a pretty impressive group of players that match his athletic profile. Not many misses in that group. Not any misses in that group. What he brings to Green Bay, to begin with, he's a rotational edge rusher, has extremely high-end upside, and hopefully your your goal is that he's peaking at the right time as you start really rebuilding. And look, you know, rebuilding might be a little strong, but you know what I mean? Opening up that window two, three years down the road, that's exactly when he should really be coming into his own. Do I think there's value at pick 15? A million percent over. I think the value is absolutely there. Anytime you can get a potential high-end edge rusher, that's always in play around pick 15, even earlier. And I think there's a good chance that he could potentially go ahead of 15. If I had to guess, I think he's there. If I had to guess, I think there's a really good chance he ends up in Green Bay. And would Green Bay do it if he's there at 15? Clearly, it depends on who else is there, and there could be a player that they just like more. But if he's there at 15, you bet. You better be prepared that that could be the guy that they take because this is, like I said, a classic Green Bay play at pick 15. High-end, upside, premium position player, young, big-time school. Eh, big-time school, big, uh, well, let's say big-time conference. We'll put it that way. But this hits everything that Green Bay usually looks for with their first-round picks. That is going to do it for me today. Two very fun edge rushers. Much more likely that Lucas Van Ness ends up in Green Bay than Nolan Smith, but both of them would bring something very interesting to the table, would help a premium position that is in need of a little bit of help. At minimum, gives them some rotational depth uh, this season and could potentially be a high-end pass rusher for the foreseeable future. Thanks so much for joining me. I will be right back here tomorrow with some more prospect breakdowns, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.